Hello, boys and girls, and welcome once again to another episode of Scry. I am the Seer, your host through the veil that separates our world from that of shadows, specters, and evil entities. In this episode, I shall conjure forth five true tales featuring ghostly guardians, sinister skinwalkers, and the dearly departed. First up, however, is a tale from Skunk Ape, in which he describes his grandfather's encounter with a hooded haunt. Here is his tale. My dad, who is 72 now, told us the story of when my grandpa was heading home from fishing. They lived way up a dirt road in the Appalachian Mountains, and this would have been about 1955. My grandpa walked just about everywhere he went, and after a day of trout fishing on a Saturday, about dusk, he was walking about two miles from the farmhouse. At this point in the road, it tops a hill and makes a hard right-hand turn and back down a gradual slope to the creek and across where the farmhouse was. There's a steep bank to the right and thick trees on both sides of the road. My grandpa was making his way around the corner and ran into what he described as a tall man wearing a very bright robe which covered his face. He was startled, but assumed it might have been an old German neighbor who lived nearby and was always pulling jokes on him. My grandpa yelled, Harry, is that you? You son of a bitch. The thing just stood there, blocking his path. After yelling several times for it to get out of his way, my grandpa took his fishing pole and just took a major league swing at the figure. And when he did, his pole passed right through it. He took off at a good run, looking back occasionally to see if it was following him. At some point, it was gone. My dad said my grandpa was an experienced mountain man, and he had been up against things before. But that night, he was scared bad. Skunk Ape, thank you for that story. I have no clue as to what that robed figure may have been that your grandfather encountered, but I would hope that the brightness of the figure would indicate that the entity was a positive one, even if it did give your grandfather a fright. I love sharing the creepy and evil stories with you all, but it must be remembered that not all of the eerie encounters that are experienced are negative ones. This notion can be reinforced through an experience shared by Frankie B, in which he found himself cradled in a protective embrace. 
Here is his story. This one's not a spooky one, but not a story I've ever shared except with one of the others that were involved. In 1996, me and two of my buddies were in a high-speed car wreck. One buddy was driving, the other was riding shotgun, and I was in the back seat. We were all completely sober and just out goofing off around one in the morning. There were no other cars out, and we opened the car up, running in excess of 100 miles per hour on a long straight stretch when a dog ran out in front of us. My buddy jerked the wheel, and instantly we started into a series of 360 degree spins down the road. I suddenly became aware of arms around me, and a very warm, calm, feeling. Everything went into super slow motion, and there was a young lady that looked to be around my age sitting next to me. She was wearing all white, and it looked like there was some kind of glow radiating from her. She had this very calm look on her face, and a slight smile. It felt as though she was looking straight into my eyes and with no words telling me that we would be okay. We left the road and slammed into an embankment and then spun around and kept sliding along the ditch. I can remember every little sound of metal crumpling, plastic breaking, and the grass and ground scraping along the underside of the car. I swear the whole thing seemed like it went on for half an hour. The whole time, this lady in white was hugged onto me and I felt completely calm and relaxed. I can't think of any other way to explain it. Finally, we came to a stop. I looked at the lady and she smiled, gave me a tight hug, and then was gone. We all sat silent for a few minutes in the car, getting our bearings straight, and then crawled out. None of us had a scratch on us, and the car was fucked up beyond all recognition. I made no mention to my buddies about the lady I swear had appeared out of thin air and held on to me during the whole thing. A couple weeks passed and my friend in the passenger seat and I were talking and out of nowhere he told me how he knew that none of us were hurt. He said right before we left the road and hit the embankment, he had glanced back and there was an angel next to me holding me tight. We've never spoke about the accident since. I am not a super religious person, but that experience convinced me there is something out there that has the ability to comfort us in times of need. The only thing I can think of 
is my mother had a stillborn a couple years before I was born. From the time of the accident to now, I have always had this deep feeling that it was my sibling watching over their little brother. I also have had no real fear of when I die since that experience. I hope one day I can thank the lady that was there when I needed them. Thank you for sharing that story with us, Frankie B. Encounters like yours show me that there are unknown forces that look out for us every bit as much as there are evil entities looking to corrupt or harm us. Sometimes these phantasmal forces can appear to us as guardian angels. Other times, they are loved ones who have passed on and wish merely to check up on us. As may be the case in this next story, Submitted by Paula Traz over at Goodnight Podcast, in which she encounters an ancestor who passed before she was born. Here's her tale. My grandfather died about six months before I was born, so I never met him. Not in person, anyway. When I was about three years old, I apparently ran screaming into my parents' bedroom in the night and explained that something woke me up. And when I opened my eyes, Big Grandpa, he was a really big chubby dude, was standing in my room just standing, smiling, watching me. This scared the hell out of me, so I ran to them for help. After calming me down, they explained that he never met me, and I was still baking when he died, so he just wanted to see me. They said I should tell him he's scaring me, and to go away. Go away. I don't recall this happening, and he never returned to my bedroom. But about a week later, he appeared to my dad and did the same thing. My dad told him we're all fine, everything is good, and to stop scaring us. Thank you for sharing that submission with us, Paula. I know that I can't wait until I get to haunt my family after I shuffle from this mortal coil. I can say that it is probably a good thing that your grandfather doesn't appear to be the vengeful prankster that I have been known to be. We'll get back to some scary stories in just a moment. But first, this brief message.
Did you know that you have the chance to win a free Scry t-shirt? If you submit a story to Scry before August 1st, you will be automatically entered into our submission contest to win a free Scry t-shirt of your choice. So head on over to scrypod.com and share your submission with us today and help share the scare. Looking for another way to get a free Scry t-shirt? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and email us a screenshot of your review at scrypodcast at gmail.com and you will be entered into a separate contest to win a free Scry t-shirt. If you submit your story and leave a review, you have two chances to win. So get those reviews and submissions in. Winners will be drawn at random on August 1st. So good luck. Do you like creepy stories? True crime? Cults? Dogs? Wait, that has nothing to do with it. Well, then you should listen to Undercover Coven. I'm Paula. I'm Ali. And Undercover Coven is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Come Come join join us. us. Bye. Bye. Welcome back to Scry. Before we reach into the ether and conjure forth our next tale, let's debut our new segment on the show. It's time for our curse of the week. I know, I know, Scry's bi-weekly, but that just doesn't have the same ring to it. So let's get started. Sherry wished to curse Jared, so Jared, prepare to be cursed. I'll need some Eye of Newt, add some Phoenix eggs, throw in a dash of Sasquatch pubes, and not only do you have one fucked up tasting omelette, but you have the ingredients for our first ever curse of the week. Jared, you have been cursed. May all the food that you microwave forever be scorched on the outside while remaining frozen on the inside. So let it be spoken. So let it be done. (laughs) If you have a loved one that you would like to see cursed, drop me a message on social media and let me know whose life you wish to ruin or merely inconvenience. Let's get back to the stories, shall we? Our next tale comes from Electric J, in which he encounters something that moves just a little too fast. Here is his tale. I used to live in Mountain Air, New Mexico. It's a tiny little dead community on top of the Banzano Mountains. Some semi-famous Anasazi ruins are around the area, like Abo National Monument, 
and Grand Cavera. There's also a private ranch out on the Becker Flats between Mountainair and Belen called Mountain Shadows, where the Zuni skinwalkers were supposed to congregate. I don't know about all that, but I do have a kind of freaky and pretty typical skinwalker story. I was driving home from Albuquerque, about two hours north of my home, and was just past Mountain Shadows when I saw this Zuni guy walking along the side of the road. I still remember very clearly what he looked like. He was about 5'8", skinny, and wearing really faded jeans and an old army field jacket with the faded spots where rank patches used to be. It was a serious vintage jacket, and I slowed down to take a good look, as it looked pretty cool. When I slowed down to look at the jacket, I also saw that his hair was in a bun, and he was wearing this beaded headband, like for ceremonies. Red with yellow beads and such in the front. I thought to myself, cool jacket, cool headband. I need to start wearing my hair like that. And I drove on. I got back to Mountain Air almost an hour later. I was going about 60 the whole time and not a single car had passed me. And I went into the cantina to see if my boss was going to unlock the mortuary or if he was going to stay drunk. And sitting on the second stool from the door was the same dude I passed on the way in. I guess I looked a little shocked because my buddy Ricky was there and he asked what was wrong. I looked like I'd seen a ghost. What's wrong with you? And I told him I passed that dude walking up the pass an hour ago. Everyone in the place went dead silent and stared at this guy. And he looked all disgusted, got up, and went out the front door onto the main drag. Me and Ricky were right behind him, and it was like, door opens, guy leaves, door closes, I immediately open the door, and the guy is nowhere to be seen. Anywhere. The only place he could have gone to vanish like that is the roof. And we were so close behind him, we would have seen him climbing. Creepy? You damn hell ass betcha. Electric J. Thank you for that story. That certainly has a creep vibe to it, and makes me wonder if there was any sort of wildlife present when you went outside, or if the surrounding area was just empty as you believe. But I must admit, I don't know how long it would take a skinwalker to change form. Fantastic story, though. Next up, we have a story submitted by Stacy, who relates to us her experience that she shared with a friend. Let's listen in. 
I listened to your podcast every other week and I thought that I would call in to share one of my ghostly experiences. Um, so when I was in junior high, my parents moved from the downstairs bedroom up to an upstairs bedroom. And after they moved upstairs, they got a bed set from one of my aunts to fill the bedroom. And since they moved up there, then I started using that bathroom because my bedroom was right next to that. Um, but say just like after school or any time that I was alone, I would just always get that sense that someone's in the room with me or I'd always just see like a shadow or a person, you know, walk on the other side of the, the bedroom door. Or even if I was upstairs just sitting on the couch, I just always had that real eerie feeling that I wasn't alone. But I would always get the most activity whenever I was using the downstairs bathroom. Whenever I was like getting ready in the morning or getting ready to go to bed at night, I swore that I would see an old or younger Victorian lady run across the mirror and I could see her in the mirror. Well, the mirror, you could see the bedroom in the mirror from the from inside the bathroom. And I really didn't say anything because I was like younger and I was just like, oh my gosh, am I going crazy? I don't want people to think I'm you know, making this up or that I am going crazy or, you know, I just, I was not really sure what they would think. And so I just kept it to myself and this went on for quite some time. So just, you know, experiencing that eerie feeling and then also seeing that young lady in like an old Victorian white dress in the mirror. And then there was one time I had my cousin stay over. And we were just in the bathroom, just talking like girls do, and she was doing something in the mirror. And I was sitting on the side of the tub, and when we were talking, she just froze, and she ran out into the bedroom, looked both ways, and she said, who was that? Stacy, where are you? And then she turned back at me, and I looked at her, and I said, you saw it, didn't you? And then just immediately, we both started freaking out. I knew I wasn't crazy. She knew she saw something that was not, you know, in the house or, you know, anybody that would be in the house living there or, well, we just basically realized that we saw a ghost. So we ran upstairs, giggling, laughing, scared at the same time, ran and jumped on my mom's bed and told her what was going on. So once we talked to my mom for a while and we realized that we might have a ghost problem on our hands, she ended up doing some research about the bed that she got from my aunt and did find out that it was an old antique brass bed that dated way far back and that probably could have come from the Victorian era. Um, so we feel like maybe my mom bringing in that old bed brought in the spirit of the young lady dressed in the old Victorian white gown. And so we feel like maybe that lady was attached to the bed. So, I mean, there was nights and nights and nights that I was so scared because I knew I wasn't crazy. My cousin saw it. I would sleep in bed at night just so scared, sleeping with a crucifix, and my mom was like, okay, we can't let you go on like this. So she did some more research and talked around to other people, and she actually found out that you can communicate to the ghost by just writing it a letter. So she simply just wrote on a piece of paper, 
please leave my daughter alone. You are scaring her. You know, just ask her nicely to just stop appearing. And she takes it on the mirror and she's like, I never saw her again. And then on top of that, we did end up getting rid of the bed. But the note helped. Um, it's just a really crazy story because I was younger, like in junior high and everything. And I did see this old uh, Victorian gown on a younger lady. And it just happened to be when we got the bed and I would only see her in the mirror. Um, so really that's all I have. Um, just, you know, that spirits do attach themselves to items, whether it be an old pin or a desk or a bed or, you know, a house. Um, they do attach themselves to things. But anywho, that was my little quick ghost story um, that I had to share about whenever I was younger and my ghostly experience. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Stacy, for calling in and leaving me that message. I am glad that you had a witness to your tale, allowing you to know that what you experienced was real. And as a reminder, you all can leave us a voicemail at 573-203-8668 to share your experiences with us. But now it is time to once again close the gate and banish back all things dark beyond the veil. I would like to thank everyone who has shared their experience with us thus far and encourage you all to submit your encounters for a chance at a free Scry t-shirt. You can submit your true story at scrypod.com, scrypodcast at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 573-203-8668. And don't forget, you can also send us a screenshot of your Apple podcast review for another chance to win. I would like to thank Mew and Shadow Vibe, who provided some of the music that appears in this episode, courtesy of a Creative Commons license. Check out the show notes for links to these great artists. Our podcast recommendation for this episode goes to our friends at Undercover Coven, who have just returned from a brief hiatus with another fantastic episode. True crime, urban legends, and the paranormal are all discussed by two of the most likable hosts in all of podcasting. So check out Undercover Coven, available wherever you listen to podcasts. But for now, we must close the gate. And as always, say goodbye. This is Scry.